The Lord be with you. Let us uh, start with prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we come before you to study your word, we ask that our prayers for those around us would always be that they would fully understand the grace they have in you and the forgiveness of sins they have through your Son, Jesus Christ, and that they would have no fear in this life because it just leads to life eternal. And that is our greatest peace. Help us share that with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So, I guess just start with this text. Um, This is Ephesians 4. No, I'm sorry, Ephesians 3. Verse 14, and it's Paul's prayer for spiritual strength for the Ephesians. He starts out in 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Um, Right there, uh, his, his bowing of his knee, the normal position in that time was to stand for prayer, and, and he's bowing his knee before God um, in a very humbling position, if you will, um, to the Father, for whom every family member in heaven and on earth is named. And there you're back to that mystery of whether they know it or not, God is their Father. Um, and a lot of people have no idea. Um, and he says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And this idea of power, um, strengthened with power, it's, it's God's power, it's God's saving action to believe in salvation um, and all Christ has done. So this is, this is always the power of God as his you know, saving power that um, brings people to Christ. So it, that they be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being. That Christ and God dwells in us and strengthens us from within. Um, so we can do all kinds of things from the outside for people. Um, this goes back to you know my sermon and you know having thoughts for people or doing things for people and those are all well good and fine but what they need is Christ and Christ in them so they have this power of salvation in them that is for their regeneration and they're coming to faith. So so Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Um, yeah. If I was good, we would spend three hours just right there probably. But... Um, but that you would be your heart, 
that, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Obviously, this is, this is what happens to us in baptism, that Christ comes to dwell in us, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, um, and that is where any love that is in us comes from. Uh, the love of Christ out to our neighbor, the love of Christ, um, and the love of God for our forgiveness. Um, that we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, the depth. Not so much the measurements, you know, like eh, 22 feet this way and this high. and it's, it's just the incomprehensible love that God has had in Christ, um, that he would give his son to die for us and to take our sins. And um, I've said before, I, you know, you try and tell that to confirmation kids and they just, until you look at your own children and say, I'll give one up for some, you know, it's very hard to make that connection uh, that you would give your own child uh, as God gave Christ over to anything, you know, much less the, the suffering that he went through for someone else and the love that could do that. So we try and, and comprehend that love of Christ that surpasses um, all knowledge. It surpasses knowledge. And I mentioned that in the sermon. There are people that know of Christ. I know Pastor Feeney talked before about he had a professor and the guy, you know, talked about Jesus, talked about Jesus, talked about Jesus. He really had no idea and couldn't comprehend what Jesus had done. He was just a historical figure. He'd talk about Jesus the same way he'd talk about, you know, Lincoln or talk about Socrates or talk about anybody else. It's just this great guy back there in history. And, uh, but he's dead. That's where it ends for people who know of Jesus. But when they, when they are in Christ and they know Christ in the sense of faith, um, then you understand him as the risen Lord. And this was the Emmaus disciples. that you know, they, They're walking along and they had knowledge of Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus until he stood there and walked with them and explained it all from the Old Testament forward of all the promises of who he was. And then it's like, let's sit down, oh, please stay, let's eat. And he sits down and he breaks the bread and it's like, boom, their eyes just open. And it's, oh, it's Jesus, he's gone. Well, that was tricky. But in his disappearing in that moment, they were to remember the breaking of the bread and, and that that's what showed them where Christ was. And that's where Christ is found. So we don't find Christ in our experiences um, in, well, shall I say, you know, things we do and in, in, in speaking of tongues or whatever, you know, people want to point to as having Christ. We have Christ when he comes concretely like he said he would in his word and his sacraments. Um, and when you come to that, that surpasses just general knowledge, then, then you can be filled with the fullness of God. And um, do we understand it fully? No, because if we did, then we would never have these crises of faith where something happens and, we're, and, and we worry. Um, and that was going, what was going on for these uh, Ephesians, you know, that Paul's in prison, are we going to see him again? And, you know, I mean, these weren't big congregations. Um, 
you know, their worry is, you know, what, what's going to happen? And like uh, the uh, disciples in the boat, you know, well, Jesus isn't with us. He sent us out here, but he's not here, and they're worried. Um, that deal with the, with the, uh, that duck boat, I, just astounding to lose nine people in your family. Just, I mean, did, have you seen the videos of that online, of that thing going down? There, there was a paddle wheel, like dinner boat. I mean, people are on that with their phones, videoing this thing going through this water and waves just crashing over the front of this duck boat. And I guess they're made in such a way that they know that in high water, the exhaust will flood and it'll stall. Water will get in the engine. When it does that, then they lose the bilge pump that pumps water out of the boat that comes in. And the thing just went like a rock. And they have video of this thing just struggling and struggling. It's just getting lower and lower and lower. And then it's like this. <clears throat> and it's a, it's a vehicle that uh, is amphibious. It has wheels on it. I guess it sunk 40 feet into this lake, landed wheels down, and then rolled another 40 feet down the hillside. Because these lakes are just big hill regions that they built dams and flooded. So there's hills. Landed wheels down, and then just rolled on down another 40 feet. Ended up like 80 feet deep at the bottom of this thing. But, I mean, it, for those people, you know, what do you have in your final moments as you realize there's no getting out of here for whatever reason. This thing had a cap on it. It's like, it looks like a school bus with the windows out, you know? So it's got a cap on it, so you're shaded. And what's your thought is you just realize there's no getting out of this. And, and what's your hope? It's, it's not in your home. It's, not, it, it's in your family. It's in how am I going to see them again? I'm, I'm going to be dead. And, and all you have is hope and eternal life in Christ that you'll be together again that Christ gives. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced something like that on water. And I thought about putting this in in the sermon, but I'm just like, nah. But when I was, uh, I don't know, we'd been married, we were living in Charlotte. Um, I I was a big brother to an inner city kid. And we went out to Eagle Creek. And we rented a canoe. And we picked it up around the marina, and we rode, you know, around, 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 and then oh, we're getting late, we got to get the thing back in. So we started out across the lake in this canoe. And I'd sailed out there in little sunfish sailboats and knew there was wind. Well, the wind starts taking this canoe, doing this, and before I know it, we're over, out in the middle of Eagle Creek. And of course, neither of us had a life jacket on, because <laughs> we were both men, one older and not so smart, and one younger, and just doing what the other one said. And um, you can kind of, in a situation like that, get the fear that these disciples may have had. I mean, I'm looking at this kid, and he's, and I'm like, just grab underneath the canoe, grab, you know, the things go across that you sit on, just grab one, and we're holding on to this canoe that's upside down. I just hold on to it. He's, my glasses. I said, I don't care about your glasses. Hold on. You know, I'm trying to get a life jacket on him, and going through my head is, how am I going to go home and tell his mom that he died, that he's drowned? Because I didn't put a life jacket on him. And, um, you know, it's just what passes through your head in those moments. And I've relived that moment, and it's like, thank God 
that I had a little bit of sense to grab him and have him latch onto that thing. And then I played around fiddling for life jackets and got one on him. And I mean, we're fully clothed, we're wet, we're heavy. And he was not a little boy. Um, and he couldn't swim. So yeah, so we, we got life jackets on and we, nobody's seeing us. And we kick paddled all the way back over to shore with this upside down canoe. You know, I'm like, Lord, please, you know, where are you? <laughs> um, but we got through it. Um, but had something tragic happened there, um, the only hope you have is in a resurrection. The only hope in forgiveness for yourself. For me, I, I don't know how I would have lived with myself with that if, that, if that had happened and not come out the way it did. Um, but you have hope in Christ. And that, that's these, uh, these moments where there's just nothing else. You know, thoughts don't do it. Just prayers don't do it. You've got to take Jesus to people and let them know the love of Christ and the everlasting life we have in Christ. Um, and I think it's difficult, especially on social media, you know, where it's just easy to type a few words. And, and then I think if you did trying to go into some sermon on what you're trying to tell them, that gets kind of lengthy. Um, so it, it really is much more of a face-to-face -face with people in the moment where you know them, where you see them, where you have to share this gospel with them. Um, and I, I, I find that more and more as a pastor with all my experience. No. Um, but it's, it's hard to do things even on the phone. It's hard to do things in email. I mean, you really have to get face-to-face -face with people. And man, it can take a lot of time when people are busy. Um, I, I don't know, I just had a flash. Boom. I don't know, what do you think? Should, should I just have one day a week or two days a month or something that's just off, off, you know, like, like a professor? You know, open office hours, come on in, talk to me, you know, and just, let, hey, know that, you know, hey, I'm probably reading something or doing something, but this is time where just come in and talk. I think that would be a sweet idea. Then people could just, you know, hey, I got 10 minutes. It's Thursday. Pastor Greg, he said, come on in and talk. Anytime on Thursday, I'm going to go do it. And three people will show up and it'll be good. No. <laughs> yes? Yeah, for me, Facebook is a rabbit hole 
And, you know, it's just like you go down and, oh, ooh, squirrel, okay, over here. And then, oh, oh, look at this one, oh, over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, some of you might, you know, just get a quick birthday. Hey, happy birthday, you know, because those pop up in my email sometimes, not all the time, and I hit some of those. But uh, for the most part, no, it, it's, and, and boy, it's like, uh, you ever looked at people of Walmart? Yeah, don't, because that's another rabbit hole. That's terrible. That's just, <laughs> imagine all the freaky people at Walmart throughout the world, and there's pictures of them. <sighs> no, Stop. So you want to waste, you know, whatever it is you're into. You want to waste, you know, a whole day blowing up trucks. You know, there's one. I don't, there's always rabbit holes. But um, I guess, you know, God wants our rabbit hole to be Scripture. This is kind of what I told uh, some uh, kids going off to college last night. We met here and had uh, a little dinner and a little talk, and um, they each got a a new a copy of the new catechism because I really like it and I told them I said go read about the sixth commandment and they all looked at me like I'm like yeah the sixth commandment you remember and they all went oh, no. <laughs> I, I think they remembered but um, but it's it's a great resource I think and has many 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 explanations that the last one did not have that pertain to our culture today um, about homosexuality, about living together, and all these things that we talked about. Um, so, see, I went down a rabbit hole. Um, but, the, but the idea of that they should be looking at that and, and reading it and studying it and just make it a little piece of their life every day, you know, in some way. Um, and then hopefully that connects them to this, you know, uh, understanding of the love of Christ and then they seek further than going to a church, which was the other goal of that. And they each left here with the name of a church and pastor and whatnot in their area that they can go to. And they could find another one, but it'd be nice if they went to one that like that or one like it. And if they were all like Celia Cassiani, who's going to the University of South Carolina, I told her, Mom, thank you. Right in the middle of Baptist land, you want me to find a confessional Lutheran church? <laughs> it turns out there's one within about five blocks of the university, and there's another one about six miles away. And I'm like, A or B, you get a choice. You know, they're both good. So, so hopefully everything's good down there. Um, so we pray for people, and uh, we pray for ourselves as well in, in the same way. And... Verse 20 um, talks about now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. And, you know, the thing, you know, we should, we can pray and ask for anything. I, no, I haven't prayed for a Maserati. I wouldn't be able to afford the insurance. That would be endless prayers. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess... Dare I say in our sinful natures, we pray for some things that just, you know, eh, 
not really prayer worthy, but God hears all our prayer and Holy Spirit interprets our prayer and we get what we really should have. But when we ask for faith, um, God can do more than we can ever ask for in giving us and encouraging our faith. And it says here, according to the power at work within us. And here again, that's that power of Christ, that power of the Spirit, that saving power to believe in the salvation that we have um, through Christ and Him doing it all. That God will give us more than we can ask. And, it's, and then it's doxology to Him be the glory in the church and Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Um, We just need to pray for those college kids. We need to pray for our friends. And, and um, I, yeah, I mean, if you get the chance to just pray with somebody, you know, for them um, in a time of crisis or something, it's just, you know, it's much more than just a Facebook post. You know, prayers. You, you wonder, or you don't wonder, you, you know, you'll see these things about, you know, like tragedies and shootings in high schools and, and non-believers going, oh yeah, your prayers. What do those do? Prayers. You know, you, you posted prayers. You know, it's like, they don't see anything in it. And because they don't know what a prayer is. And they don't know the power of a prayer. And as Christians, we do know the power of a prayer. And so, it, I like to say that a lot of times we look at things through a Christian lens or even a Lutheran lens, you know, where you or I write prayers and our friend that's a Christian or a member of the church sees prayers and they have a pretty good idea what we're praying for, but the rest of the world doesn't. It's just like when we hear a, um, just an ecumenical, I'll call it, sermon or a, uh, a non-Lutheran pastor start preaching or talking about a topic, we will, um, in our own mind, Lutheranize it. And we will take, oh yeah, what, yeah, this, yeah, he said grace, and well, we all know that grace comes through faith in Christ and that alone and not anything we can do. And so grace, and we fill in all the gaps, you know, like, yeah, this guy's pretty good, I like him. But then if you took down and just looked at it and took everything that you put in out, and see what's really there, it's just, mm, no, 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 not real good. So the person that isn't Lutheran isn't hearing the same thing you're hearing. They're, they're hearing something entirely different, and they could be hearing all law, they could be hearing, you know, we, we tend to plug in grace where it's needed. And when you come to someone that doesn't know that, that's not Christian, or doesn't understand salvation by grace, through faith, alone, without works, so they can't boast. Um, people need to be, as I say, edumacated in, um, in the facts of Christ and what he's done, his, his all-surpassing work on the cross. Um, yeah. That's about what I can talk about without talking in circles any more than I have. Anybody got a question? Or Pastor Ullman, you got a thought you want to throw in? Or I'm, I'm drained. <laughs> so, no questions, no answers.
chapter 11. Good. And we'll close with prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you've given us such a precious gift that single and small words are hard to explain it with. And we ask that you would give us trust in you that we could open our mouths freely and know that your Holy Spirit would guide our thoughts, minds, and our words that we proclaim to others about you and about your Son and about the salvation we have through faith in Christ, that we could share that with the world in joy, in joyful times, and in times of very difficult hardship, that they would understand your love for them, a love that cannot be measured by the means of this world. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.